You're listening to WNHH 103.5 FM Community Radio in New Haven, Connecticut. This is The Table Underground, and I'm your host, Tegan Engel. We're digging into stories of food, radical love, and creative social justice. In an industry heavily dominated by men, this restaurant kitchen is run by some fabulous women, and many of them are also moms. Co-owner and head chef Robin Bodak and cook Dignity Maile of the restaurant next door are part of this kitchen team that's serving up some of the best food the city of New Haven has to offer. The restaurant just had its first anniversary, so I sat down to talk with these two talented chefs about the vibe and ways in their women-centric kitchen. The restaurant next door is named for the fact that it's located in the building next to its parent business, the Big Green Truck Pizza and Catering, which is owned by Doug Coffin, who is also the next door co-owner and pizza maven. I worked for the Big Green Truck 13 years ago and have been following their adventure into a brick and mortar spot all year. I was excited to get a chance to talk with Robin and Dignity about what's going on behind their bustling kitchen doors. Robin and Dignity, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Tegan. So I want to start by just asking how each of you got into cooking. Robin, why don't we start with you? Well, I've cooked my whole life, not professionally. It's something I enjoyed, something my family enjoyed. Um, I always wanted to be a cook, but my parents directed me away from that. Um, After having many different careers, uh, cooking found me again through a friend. Uh, I began working with him, and he began teaching me, and that's how it started. Uh, It started at a bakery called Judy's Bakery that was in Brantford, Connecticut. So uh, most people know about that, so it's good. Shout out to my old chef, Dave. And that's Uh, Judy's Bread that used to... Yes, Judy's Bread. amazing loaf of salty, hard-crusted bread. Yes, Oh, my goodness. And my very patient friend, Dave, who took me under his wing and really got me uh, where I am today, actually. Okay. And was that doing bread or doing other kinds of food? Um, I actually started working in the office, and then he was like, well, you have a really good knack for food. Give me a hand, and began teaching me pastry, um, which I enjoyed but didn't enjoy. Um, And then I began doing brunch and started to learn more about food, and that's really what I enjoyed, and that's where it started. And how many years ago was that? That was 20 years ago? Right. 21? It's hard to remember. Yeah. Seems like yesterday (laughs) and not. Yeah, that's great. And Dignity, how did you get started cooking? Um, I've been cooking, I mean, since I was back home. I'm originally from East Africa, Tanzania. And, you know, growing up home with my grandmother, all I saw was food. And I just loved being around her, you know. And from then on, I was like, I love this. And I remember at age eight years old, my mom had friends over and... They asked her, so who's going to cook us Digna, the food? And she was like, oh, Digna. Digna is going to make the, the food. They were like, she's going to cook. So from then on, I've, I've been feeding people until my auntie was like, why don't you just go ahead and do this? You know, it seems like you love to do it. And um, in 2013, I went to culinary school, mm-hmm. uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I graduated there. Uh, I did my little internship, uh, Eli's, and then I worked at Union League, and I became a mom. So I took some time off, and then when I was ready, I went to Robin. We found Digna. Yeah. And she's been with us since the beginning, which is amazing. That's so great. So 
you all work together at the restaurant called Next Door, which yes. is connected to the Big Green Truck Pizza here in New Haven. Yes. And you opened, when did you open? Uh, June 6, 2018. We are officially one year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting. Yeah. So this is really exciting. Actually, I know, right? It's like a really great anniversary. time. <laughs> one year anniversary. Yeah. yeah. So Doug Coffin, uh, I have to say full disclosure, I yes. used to work for Doug Coffin and the Big Green Truck Pizza like 13 years ago. And uh, he started with these two wood-fired beautiful old pizza trucks and then eventually moved into a, a space and now has six pizza trucks. Right. And then there was an empty space that used to be Humphrey's restaurant next door and you all moved next door and opened a restaurant. We did. Yes. Exactly how it went. Yeah. And we <laughs> called that space always when next we always called it next door and always said, well, when next door's available, <laughs> when next door goes out, well if it doesn't make it next door, we'll oh, yeah. go in. And hence next door. Yeah. It and happened. Yeah. So yeah, exciting. Happened. And so you went from being a catering chef to now being a co-owner and restaurant chef. Very true. And can you talk, I mean, I want to hear about that, but I also first want to hear about what was your vision, your and Doug's, but also your vision for the kitchen in particular part, which is what you really oversee. Well, I think that um, being a catering chef and actually owning a restaurant in New Haven and working, we predominantly catered. I predominantly, the truck does not predominantly cater in New Haven, although most of my work catering was in New Haven. So I felt I had a really good pulse on what was happening in New Haven. Um, So that sort of is the impetus of what I wanted to do in the kitchen, just based on the needs of the people I had been serving for many years. Um, I think Doug sort of let me have the lead on that. He is sort of more of uh, the pizza guy, and and that's sort of where he weighs in, um, and he leaves me mostly alone in the kitchen to sort of do what we do. Although it's not all me, it is such a collaboration, and I can't do it without everyone. Yeah. Um, and we all bring a lot of different sensibilities to the kitchen, um, and. We sort of give and take from one another. Um, ultimately, I think I have the final decision. And as we're sort of hit this one-year mark, we're all mm. – m- most of us have been there from this from the inception, in- including Digna. And we're now getting super comfortable with one another where we are sharing a lot more right. and starting to incorporate other people's traditions right. and their styles into the food. Mm. Um, and that's also – it's not right. an easy task – in general, to incorporate anything into the menu once it gets going. Yeah. Did you want to say something about about that, about how the kitchen is, uh, the the menu, and kind of how you get to contribute? For most of the things, you if it's more like a out of, you know, here like a traditional things, I can you know put a little input there and um, yeah, and get stuff out. Mm-hmm. But you get you get a chance where you can you know you you put yourself out there and. Right. So for you, is that having like ideas that you want to add to the menu or spices or it's way something is plated? More. It's all of it. It's yeah. all of it. Because once once you are like in, in your station and, and you get, you know, your food ready and everything ready is is how 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 the food talks to you. You know, I think that's how I can put it. It's how the food talks to you. This is how it's going to look. It's going to look great. And it goes out. So it's it's the menu. It's the, it's the food itself. And it's the plating. It's. Yeah, you you do one time. I mean, she can she'll bring idea and you say, okay, this is we're gonna do it. But the more you do it, is how like oh, you know, I think this is might be better like this. I think this is might be you know great like that. You get a chance to do that where 
and everybody's contributing. Yeah. Right. There is always an evolution in our dishes. Even when we, it takes a while to put a new dish on and we'll tweak and we'll try and then it'll come together. And as Digna was saying, I'll come to her saying, tonight this is what we're doing. And I'll sort of show how it goes. But I always say, do it in the way that it's comfortable to you. Mm. Digna's actually excellent at plating. It's her... Um, she has such a talent for putting together a beautiful plate. Mm. So, um, and as you do the plate, you have this idea and you have an idea of how it's going to look. And then as you do it a few times, it evolves into what it will finally mm. be. Right. And, and that's basically, I think, what you were saying. Right, exactly. And, and, I, and I see that and that is so truly lovely for me. Yeah. Um, do you think that that dynamic the way it happens in your kitchen because your kitchen is predominantly women and do you think that that process is different than you've experienced in kitchens where it's it's predominantly men absolutely to to my part i will say like um you you get to a place and you 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 can feel it you know where somebody's a little uncomfortable because you're a woman you know you put your input in and you can tell people push you back because you're a woman you know and so being in a place like that where everybody understands everybody and everybody is able to communicate and and get the work done great you know gratefully is is great i'm not sure if there's differences between men and women really or inherently but perhaps there are um i'm not always super communicative i'd like to be that's something i strive to be Um, I think I struggle in the industry itself because I think I believe it creates a certain environment, even though I would like that environment not to exist. So sometimes I can be um, very strong about how I want something to be. But at the same time, I do think I give more liberty to the people that we work with to put their own twist on it, unless it's something that I just don't want to see and I'm like oh, that can't be yeah. but mostly it's a very collaborative situation we take we do take a lot from one another um I'd like to think that it's because we're women but um <laughs> I think that it's just a commitment to trying to be different in our kitchen yeah um just trying to be human a human a humane and human person to realize we're all human yeah um we all yeah. have positives and negatives and to react to them if you choose to and to but then to understand that's just who this person is or this is just who I am um you know and and still be respectful of one another but and be open to each other's differences even say that irritates me from time to time you know because that's okay too yeah but um I, that's I think how we try to be maybe not successfully always, but that's what we try to do. Yeah, and and was that part of your vision of kind of what you wanted to do differently in this kitchen is to create? It sounds like you're saying you wanted to create a space where people were really treated as human and as individuals, which, as if people know about the restaurant industry, really is sometimes not the case. <laughs> it is absolutely the truth, yeah. and it started in the pizza kitchen um, and the catering kitchen. Um, once I felt good and comfortable and in control, I'm like, we have to make changes. We have to be different um, because you can do it if you put in the work and set it up to do it. What were those changes? What were what did you want to be? How did you want to be different? Um, by talking to people and asking them what they need, um, by paying people properly, um, 
by working with people's lives and schedules because it usually makes someone happy if you can work with them uh, with their schedule and then they're a better worker in mm. general. Uh, the pizza kitchen was a little easier. Um, we have a lot more time and we don't have time constraints placed on us. Catering, a little different, but still there's time. So you don't have the urgency that you do in a kitchen. In a restaurant um, kitchen. In a restaurant yeah. kitchen. Right. Um, so in the pizza kitchen, which is a production kitchen, we were able to do it. Um, and then I was committed to doing the same in the restaurant kitchen. But the industry makes it more difficult, but we still do it and we are committed to it. It is not easy and we don't always succeed, but it is absolutely where we try to be. Yeah. Um, this, this morning, as you know, we had some difficulties uh, with family <laughs> and getting here, but that's the reality. Right. How do you experience that dignity in terms of how this kitchen is compared to other kitchens that you've worked in? Um, I uh, once once see like once I was pregnant and got my had my baby, I took some time off. I took about 18 months off. And when I was ready to go, you know, you put applications different places and I I started working with Robin. In the back of your mind you're thinking, "Man, um, how are they going to work with me? You know, I have a baby. Uh, some days it might be issues like today, the daycare situation. And how are they going to take it? Because, you know, again, before, you you know, as a, as a mother, sometimes a situation like that happen. And you, you love what you do, but then you love your baby, yeah. <laughs> you know. And, and it gets difficult but for, for this kitchen it's amazing you 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 know it's understandable and you know people you can like she said how we work with you know with your schedule you know something happens it's okay you know you can work with it while you know i feel like if i was maybe somewhere else that would be a completely different situation where maybe because some places they you apply and you tell them, by the way, I have a child and this is my my situation. Even though they liked you there before you said you have a child, you don't get a call back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, uh, I sort of think these two things that you're talking about are tied together. This part about people um, contributing to the menu and, and kind of collaborating on, even if it's like the original dish is your idea, Robin, but then you're the one who's implementing it every day, Dignity. Right. And so then you know, you're like, well, this sort of looks better if we played it this way. Or, you know, maybe this needs to be a little thinner because yeah. when it's thick, it doesn't spread right. Or, you know, I wonder if this other seasoning might work a little better because I have it in this, you know, we're using the same right. thing in two dishes. Or, you know, you start to notice things because you're right. doing it every day right. and there's that collaboration, then you feel ownership and and can and, potentially, and do you feel like, yeah, you feel pride. Yeah. Right. Does that make you show up differently Uh, in how you work? Of course. It makes me, uh, you know, show myself more and and be there more, you know, and want to learn more, Mm -hmm. you know, like how we can, you know, all of us, like how how myself I can put my, you know, to make it beneficial Mm -hmm. for the for the restaurant. That's um, really nice to hear because all I care about is providing a place where people have a job and they like to come to work, and that I can provide a good space for them for their life. So to hear that is really wonderful uh, and amazing, and I'm I'm so proud of that. Uh, Really proud to hear that. Thank you, Dignity. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and you know, I think 
one of the things in in this industry is that we have things that we aspire to and then we have the reality right Mm -hmm. and so it's like we know that these maybe it doesn't work right every time right it's and but it It doesn't always work right yeah and but it is important to actually like state what it is that you're doing differently and what you're trying to do and show the moments it succeeds and also be honest about like when it doesn't work and what you know what we still need to work on yeah and sometimes when it doesn't work you have to sort of be quiet about it and think, mm-hmm. you know, sort of think through what isn't working. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of another interesting aspect of it. So sometimes I don't always have the answers immediately. Although when you are running a kitchen or heading a kitchen or an owner of a business, I think that your staff expects you have every answer for them all the time. <laughs> yeah. And and I don't. because yeah. I, I also like to think things through and make sure uh, you know, the answer is the not the right answer, but a good answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A good answer. Yeah. So that's great. So we haven't talked very much about food yet. There's a lot more to talk about about yeah. the food business, but we have a little bit of food in front of us. And we I do. would love to actually talk a little. Can you first give us an idea like what is your vision for the food in the kitchen? So that we have the pizza kitchen in one place, but this is the this is the behind the door kitchen where mm. plates are coming out from. So right. So the idea was to be a pizzeria first um, and a bar and then to have food to sort of accompany that. And I, I didn't want food to be the star or I we are known as a restaurant and it was sort of not the intention. It was sort of like we're a pizzeria with food. Um, I thought we needed that to stand out in New Haven because we I think we make great pizza, but there's a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. So this is a place where you can sort of get the full experience. Um, you can come, uh, you could eat pizza and have a glass of water and not spend a lot of money. Um, so there were many options for people how they chose how they choose to experience our restaurant or pizzeria. I will always, I guess, call it a restaurant, too. It's hard <laughs> not to. So I just have to say, your food is off the hook amazing. It is Thanks. some of the best food in New <laughs> Haven. You. So when you say it's like a pizzeria and bar, I don't think people have any idea about how good the your, food is. The food is. So it's sort of, you know, when I describe it, I say it's kind of like um, farm-to-table food, but it's not pretentious. Yeah. And it is just done really well. Like, it's... It, it, it might take some American classics, but do them like exceptionally mm-hmm. well and then throw in some interesting seasoning and ingredients from different parts of the world or um, just done a little different. Like there's something interesting. It I is think that way is... elevated from anything people are going to associate mm. with bar food or right. pizzeria. Food. I think that's true. And it's the intention. Okay. It was sort of to come in and find something unexpected. Right. Yeah. Um, but not, as you say, not be pretentious, sort of plating things or, or doing things that are really good in a really casual way. Right. So you can come in from the park with your kids and eat or you can stroll in from the beach. No one's going to say, you know, you can't come in here looking like that or you right. as whatever person you are can't come here. You're not welcome. So that was really important to me for everyone to feel welcome and to give food that I thought people were eating now. Mm-hmm. Um, I always look at what you say, what you were saying about classics and about bar food and sort of doing them in a modern way um, or in a way that I believe people like to eat right at this moment. Can you give an example of that? Um let me think about, I mean, I, I think there's a lot, I think we're very veg-centric, which I think is a, a very large movement away from um, meat, meat um, right. not in a bad, not for 
for many, many reasons, actually, but because it's better for it's better it's better for your health, it's better for the environment. Um, and then to be respectful of all different cultures that don't always include meat as mm -hmm. their primary. So vegetables are very important to us. Um, I also think that vegetables can be served as a meal, and I don't think people think about that. They're mm. sort of sides and afterthoughts or, you know, just part of a dish Right. Not super yeah, important. Yeah, right. Can be um, a main course. Yeah. So I think that we focus on those kinds of things. Um, we do, uh, which is changing right now, but I will talk about the roasted carrot dish a little bit. It's a wonderful dish. It's a complete meal. There's um, yogurt, a strange yogurt on it. That's a bit of a protein. So there's a little protein on it. Um, we use puffed grains um, and it's presented beautifully. So it looks like a star, and mm. you can eat it as a main course. Mm -hmm. um, that that dish is changing, though, right now. How is it changing? Mm. Um, well, I we I find that when something's on the menu for a while, it it sort of it loses its dies down. Yeah, it dies down. It loses its you mean, sparkle. People stop people stop ordering. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but the minute you decide to change it, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's the night that everybody wanted it. Right. But but <laughs> I am still committed to making changes, and and we'll do that. But uh, you know, and we'll bring it back from time to time. Yeah. So we try to use uh, seasonal ingredients. We try to work with local people, which isn't easy either. Um, but we try to do a little bit for everybody. Right. Yeah. Um, we also do, we had a, here's a really good example is the Buffalo chicken ball that we do. We had a lot of pressure to do wings. Uh, I'm committed to never doing wings. I think there's plenty of people doing wings. We don't need more wings. Um, so we wanted to give somebody a similar value of having that spicy, salty, crispy. So we do um, a ground chicken that's full of vegetables um, in the ground chicken, which helps keep it moist and not getting spongy. So mm -hmm. it does two things. You're adding vegetables mm -hmm. in a sneaky way, but you're also it makes a better product. Yeah. Um, so and we do that with a um, basically a buffalo beurre blanc and crispy chicken skin mm. that's dusted with um, espalette mm. and celery salt. And then we use um, really beautiful blue cheese on it. So it's it's your standard bar fare, slightly elevated. Mm. That stuff to me is important on our end, not, on, not important in any other way. All that's important is that somebody likes it and they're feeling like they're getting yeah. that yeah. salty, crispy, spicy. Yeah, totally. Thing. And you do have plenty of, I mean, you have short ribs and scallops yeah. and other things on the menu. So I don't want right. to scare people away who are who are like, oh, I actually need a little well, meat. But, yeah. but we do have it protein. Is, it is veg-centric, I think, in a beautiful way. Like, yeah. it's interesting, and it's not just your regular Yeah. Stuff. Dignity, what are some of your favorite things on the menu? Hmm. I love the hummus. Yes. Yeah, you know. Which just changed. Me. Which just changed, too. <laughs> Um, Why did you like the hummus? Because, you know, I mean, um, for being from Tanzania, you have like, you know, the all kind of cuisine uh, in one area. So I grew up eating hummus, you know, so to me it was like, oh, and, and it's more of like um, a summer food too there because, you know, it's extremely hot. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice and cool. And you, so that's, that's why mm -hmm. I love the hummus. That's great. What else do you like on <laughs> um, the menu? Kale salad. Mm. Yeah, the kale It's really salad. good. I forget what's in it. it it's I had so it and good. It was really the delicious. frizzle onions. I mean, it's it's delicious with yeah. the apricot. Oh, uh, that's the, what it was. Yeah, yes, the apricot. apricot. 
and the crispy and onions. And the crispy onions. And shaved beamster and cheese, shaved beamster apricot cheese, vinaigrette. Apricot, yeah. It's, it's just that combination of crispy, salty, salty sweet. sweet, and tangy, yeah, and all that in yeah. just one. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. And you have a wedge salad with the like candied bacon. bacon. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everything yeah, I've eaten there blue has cheese. been amazing. So it's again a little twist on a on a classic. We yeah. use a smoked blue cheese, a little smoky, a little sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you brought some things here. Let's we try. Did. What do we have? So uh, the first thing is um, we have changed our hummus recently to uh, a white bean puree uh, made very similarly to hummus. So it has tahini. Mm-hmm. Um, it has. It's sort of the marriage of the dishes we were just talking about. The roasted carrot. Um, so. We do this with, right now, uh, there is so many radishes available and um, turnips. Yeah. Uh, so we've been doing uh, thumbelina carrots. We've been doing turnips. So we roast those, put those on top of our um, hummus puree. It's finished with sumac. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets uh, popped sorghum, which is the little mini popcorn that you okay. see there. Uh, and then it's finished with um, hazelnuts, hazelnut oil, and a little bit of carrot tops. Wow. Yeah, so it's really beautiful, it. even in this little plastic right. container yeah. that you brought here. <laughs> yeah, this is not the full so. experience, but this is sort of <laughs> yeah, part it's of it. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Mm, can taste the popcorn taste of the, it's sorghum, you said? Pop sorghum, yeah. Mm. Wow. Yeah, the cumin. The little. sumac is really good, which is traditional, t- even though you're using white bean instead of chickpea, mm. which I know like. White lentil, actually, which is oh, really, really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I think hummus means chickpea and yes. people get very, you know, there's, I Wars find this have thing, been fought over hummus. Yes. <laughs> and there's a, I mean, I sort of wish there was another word that we could use because I think that there's always a struggle with food around appropriating food and kind of what is authentic and this struggle between respecting something that's authentic and then also having the creativity that right. comes with food, right? Which yes, is like absolutely. the beauty of it. And mm. so I struggle with that sometimes of like, how do you... well. What's interesting about you saying that is in our kitchen, I have um, to eat some more of this while you're the talking melting about pot is real. You know, and in most kitchens, the melting pot is real. That's where you see it, and everyone is thrilled to share their culture, mm-hmm. which often is food. I mean, I think America is probably the least. You know, we don't we have a food culture, but it our culture didn't revolve around food mm-hmm. where other cultures it, that is food everything is, is there i mean it is truly yeah. ingrained in their culture but what i noticed in a kitchen and i feel the same way as you do about taking something that's not yours or claiming it to be yours but what i learned in the kitchen is that everyone is thrilled to share it and wants a part of what they do in a dish mm-hmm. and and as and and i've never come across someone being offended by that mm. which i think is amazing yeah, and, and I it makes me so happy. Then it makes me have sort of faith in the world mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a struggle, but um, and sometimes it's just the use of the word. Like people right. just don't want to call it hummus because yeah. it's a white bean puree or right. spread or something. But I will just say this is so delicious. Great, and the the roastedness of the hazelnut and the 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 kind of nuttiness, nuttiness. of the of the popcorn of the pop sorghum yeah. is like this incredible combination. combination. Right, and then you have the sour from the sumac yeah and then the oil is not, is a nice touch because like i love traditionally when in tanzania do you traditionally have hummus with some olive oil or some sort of oil yes on top? 
Is it olive oil um, or a different oil? It's actually oil? coconut oil. Coconut oil. Mm-hmm. Nice. So and interesting. Is it, is it chickpea hummus that you have or yeah. different? No, chickpea. Yeah. Yeah, it's chickpea. Yeah. But we use, yeah, coconut oil. Yeah. So that's really cookie, delicious. Yeah. Wow. Glad that you liked it. Yeah. So are people freaking out that you've changed your hum- your hummus? Um, <laughs> no, I think they've been really happy. Yeah. I think initially people get a little taken aback when mm-hmm. you change something. But if it's good, they forget quickly. Yeah. It's like, no, it's really great. Yes, what was that other thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. What do you have in here? All right. Here? So we brought ice cream. Your uh, desserts are amazing. They are, mm. I think, the best desserts well, in this Well, I have to give 100% credit to Chelsea Peterson, Chelsea? who is uh, – our kitchen doesn't have a lot of labels, so I hate to use – we it's we talked about this when Dignan can talk about it when we started, that I didn't want to have labels. Mm-hmm. And that can be a tricky thing because people want to rise the ranks and have a label. But, but Chelsea essentially is uh, – chef de cuisine or executive sh- I mean I'm the executive chef she's truly the chef de cuisine mm-hmm. she's in it every day working um, and I'm sort of uh, you know sort of keeping it all together to mm-hmm. some extent um, this is actually a vegan ice cream which we've been doing a lot of lately really um, mm-hmm. yeah and it's um, because they're delicious and nobody seems to mind that it's vegan mm-hmm. um, I think that when you do food that's either vegetarian or vegan or even meat, I mean, it's there's no higher compliment than feeding right? everybody. Oh, right? my yeah. God. Yeah, is, yeah so she's is, really sorry, a sorceress. A no, no, go ahead. I, it's not like I haven't eaten it. What is um, this? So that is the salted caramel ash ice cream with uh, coconut haystacks, cho- little chocolate-covered coconut crispies. Oh, my goodness. So it's, it's basically a black ice cream. It's a black ice cream. With little brown chocolate chunks in it. Yes. It does not taste vegan. No, it not doesn't at all. Ta- what is the base coconut. that you're using? That's but it doesn't milk. taste overly coconutty, which is really nice. Well, the salted caramel can sort of mm-hmm. uh, mask the strong Lush coconut flavor a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, what I think what we started to do lots of vegan things. Obviously, we'll label things vegan because it's important to somebody who's a vegan. But I think for us, what's been really wonderful is how just everyone response to our vegan products and and nobody can it's not like i can't eat that because it's vegan right. or it it tastes not right or not it just tastes good and yeah. that for me is always the first thing whatever you do whatever it is it should taste good, good. to everyone right. right yeah and so on your menu you have pretty consistently this ice cream sandwich yes we are do. you using this as your or in the ice we're cream not sandwich? using it on the ice cream no. sandwich because the one thing about the vegan ice creams uh they do melt faster really so yeah. for the ice cream sandwich it doesn't hold up uh to the especially when it gets warm yeah it and that's very like a, it's like a molasses cookie I it's think a chocolate molasses cookie uh, again chelsea developed that and she tweaked it a bit so it it works in a frozen situation, so it doesn't get hard, super it's hard. Chewy still. It's mm. still got that chewiness. And then we use um, that is a full fat ice cream with salted caramel, which is, and then we do a salted caramel itself, like the uh, gluing it all together. So yeah. there's salted the caramel, salted caramel so ice good. cream, chocolate molasses cookie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's your ultimate it's sweet, so rich, salty. Yeah. And That's, it's good to share because it's really big, it's but so, I find yeah, that it's, it's really your big. food is a little rich. I mean, it, even it there's a lot of veggies, rich. it is very rich. And then if people have pizza or you also have like fries topped with stuff. Um, so I find that it's nice to have a little dessert, but that's a good one to share. Well, yeah. I truly, that's what I really hoped for with everything that we did, quite honestly, mm-hmm. is that you come in and you 
and you try a bunch of things and you share. Yeah. Um, we have it, uh, it's on our walls, but it's the truth. Like share your food and eat yeah. with your hands mm-hmm. and, you know, and pass it around. Mm. And I, I think it, it might have been you, but it could have been another customer. I'm not sure. There was a story about somebody who said they came in, might have been a different somebody else maybe it was somebody from the new haven independent or 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 perhaps the daily nutmeg they had come in and eat had food and they met somebody there and said oh what are you eating and it was you know a neighbor or something and they passed food from table to table (laughs) and to me that was (laughs) the ultimate compliment i'm like that's exactly what food should be and when i hear about wars over food which is you know just something historically that's happened and i don't really understand it Mm because it's really food really brings people together people food is meant to be shared and talked about you know and 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 that's how it goes and it and and that was like sort of the full realization of what my idea was it's like it worked yeah Yeah, that must be so satisfying yeah Yeah, very satisfying so great um dignity i want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about your experience in the kitchen um I guess there's so many things to ask you, but I wonder if you could start about talking about what do you feel in terms of the power dynamics in the kitchen and and how that experience is for you. Um, I think it's it's um, as far as without the hierarchy part is you're more comfortable to express yourself, mm-hmm. you know. And then we don't really. I mean, we wear uniform, but it's not really uniform, you know, like a chef jacket and all that. And that too, she wanted to do that so that you can be able to communicate with each other, you know, with each other, and be able to, you know, pass on ideas and and things like that. So to me, um, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So it, you feel like it worked for you? It works. It works for me perfectly. That's awesome. <laughs> and do you like that? There's a lot of women in the kitchen. Absolutely. What do you like about um, that? Again, you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You're comfortable, and I feel like there's that. That connection, mm-hmm. you know, once once you once you're you're all together and you can understand one uh, one another and and uh, you know open up to each other, there's this magical thing that happens mm-hmm. and 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 it's amazing. Yeah, you know, you work well. You you, you want to be there. Yeah. you know, like I I don't I wouldn't wake up in the morning and be like oh. <laughs> I gotta go some, there days. Again. some days some days Come some on. days but not because of you know like all the people I work with yeah you know uh, something like that no yeah right so you know one of the big power dynamics in kitchens is genders like male female dynamics and another power dynamic is race mm-hmm. and also if you are an, a recent immigrant versus your family's been here for a while right. I'd love to hear both of you talk about it but maybe you could start since I like Digna's story, so <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Tell us the age you came. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I came here. I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it was it was like a big shock, uh, like culture wise, and um, you know, leaving like most of my family back home. That that's already was uh, it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And then here coming to learn learn English and and uh, get to to experience the culture in America, which is completely <laughs> different from where I'm from. It was interesting, you know. And um, as an as a, as a, as a African woman being uh, in the kitchen, um, it, it's great. And also it, it, because it's more like, okay, most of the places too, uh, I would be like the only African girl. You know, so it's it's good to to be there to be like, oh yeah, you know, I'm here and um, you know, I'm 
proving myself and and I'm doing this, but um, it, it will also be you know good seeing other more people, mm-hmm. you know, get into. And how does it feel in the kitchen for you? Just in this kitchen, how do you feel? Oh, in this kitchen, it's it's, it's great. You know, I'm I'm, I'm still. No, we we have it's a lot, it's a lot of us there. Like Tambien, he's you know he's he's not from here. You know, so we have like a diversity of uh, women. You know, mm-hmm. from like different and men. Yeah, and men from Tom different Bien's countries. Yeah, Tambien. <laughs> from different. Man. Don't let he'll be not happy. To hear I you know. <laughs> from you know from different from different areas, and we just come together. So it's it's it's, it's a diversity kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a very diverse kitchen. Um, and I'm so excited about that. Uh, and I'm happy people feel happy and comfortable. I don't always notice race, honestly. People have asked questions about that. And I look at them like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even know. And they'll describe. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's dignity. Like, but I don't see that. Um, and I don't know why. I never have. And I guess maybe I never will. People. But what do you mean that you don't see it? Like, if you look at me you see that that i'm a white person as part of like who i am if you look at dignity you see her skin is brown (laughs) i don't know how to explain it i see you as a person Mm -hmm. yeah those other things are things to describe sure but it's i don't think i must see something else in people as people like they're inside or something i mean really people have asked me questions like no no you know she's hispanic or oh you know she's the brown girl and i'm like and i'll have to stop and go huh and then realize what's happening because i don't see it yeah so i think you know what you're saying what i hear the intention of what you're saying is that the things that are more important to you in a person is who they are as a human being. Truly. And that's like the value that you try to run your kitchen Truly. with. Truly. But one of the challenges about saying that you don't see race and, and color is that we live in a society where those things are a very real part very of oppression of course. and a very real part of, of power dynamics of and people's mm-hmm. life experience. And so you know, one of the challenges of saying you're colorblind or even melting pot, which can mean that everybody melts into some brown mush, (laughs) is that um, it can feel like it erases people's identity and culture. And first of all, that's something that people feel a lot of pride in. Like, I yeah, And and for me, I actually, to tell the truth, I didn't care because I'm very proud of who I am. Yeah. I wear my hair up because that's that's my, my you know, it's me. It's dignity. You you see me, I don't care be like, oh the girl with the with the hair wrap. You mm-hmm. know, they it's it's you know, it's who I am. So yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. and it's not to say that somebody's race has to be the most important yeah. thing. Right. But it's to acknowledge that by saying you don't see race can make people feel that you are erasing part of that sure Mm -hmm. sure. so i think it's like some of it is is understanding how that can land on people sure and then it sometimes can be a change in language and sometimes it's a a little bit of a change in thinking um but uh, you know i i hear the intention under yeah it's a good intention it's not a bad intention but it's important to acknowledge that that can actually feel really negative to people yeah that's a horrible thing so yeah yeah so um, one, we just have a few minutes left, but I wonder if you could talk a little bit about um, jumping back into food for a second. Sure. This piece around um, some of the financial issues sure. of running a kitchen, trying to use local food, trying to pay people well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Those yeah. things. Yeah. Well, that is truly difficult. 
Um, you start out with a plan, and the plan rarely goes the way you'd like it to go. Um, but you do your best, and you try to be open about um, – we started paying – I think most of our employees, we started paying probably a little bit higher than most other restaurants do in the area. Um, and that's a great thing because we can do it. But we have to be open about pay increases because we're not where we need to be. Um, but we're honest about it. If you're honest about it and being like, I hear you and you're right and it will come when we can. Um, so that's a reality. That's the reality. Being honest with your staff. Yeah, you, you just mean? have to be honest with it. Like, yes, I would love to give you, you know, a, a bit more right now because you've proven yourself, but we don't have it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's very difficult, but I, I try to be open about that. Um, so it is a diff- New Haven is a different. It's a difficult climate uh, to run a business. We have a very specific way business happens in New Haven. Uh, We're super busy during the academic year. There's many universities and colleges here. And so we get an influx of people and workers. Um, And then when school year ends, they leave and New Haven gets very small again. Mm -hmm. I think someone said it was a 50,000 person increase when Albertus and Southern and uh, University of New Haven and Yale and Quinnipiac is in in session. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, you begin to run your business and your business changes and, uh, as it changes, money changes. Um, so that makes it difficult. Uh, we are very committed to using local products as much as we can. Um, they're not always available either given we're in Connecticut and it's very difficult place to grow. Growing season is pretty short. (laughs) Short. And, but when it's in its glory we support in every way we can Mm a little more difficult through the winter months yeah um so we supplement yeah and um and then you're also involved in other ways too so uh so that's sort of how we deal with it um and i'm sure everyone has a different way of dealing with it but um you know i hope that the community sees that we're trying to uh you know it's hard to talk about that and you can't let your customers know i suppose those i mean you can but you but hopefully if they come out to support us, uh, then that's how we support our workers. It's trying um, to pay them yeah, well. Yeah, it's trying to pay them well. Mm-hmm. And by having customers in our restaurant who understand that um, it's never been for me about putting money in my pocket. It's always been about being a viable business to be able to give our workers a good life mm-hmm. because I see how I struggled in this life. Um, I think that's why I'm sensitive to people with children. Um, you sacrifice a lot when you have a child in this business. Um, and I wanted to be able to do pay people fairly and give them opportunity to still be with their children. We mm. in our restaurant do um, – we have split shifts. We have people in during the day and people in who come in in the night. Most restaurants you work all day long and all yeah. night long. Mm, we also helps. do – some people do four 10-hour day a week, so they have three days off mm. to try to give a little more quality of life, yeah. and that that works really well. Yeah. So, that's kind of what we try to do. Yeah, that's great. And is the fifteen dollar an hour pay increase um, going to hurt you all, or are you already no? We're right doing that. We're right. We're, we it? sort of start people. Um, I mean, unless you're completely new, um, we always pay above minimum wage. We and somebody who has like a small amount of experience, we usually start around fourteen, so that we can go to that fifteen. If it goes to fifteen, I think we're fine. And then we have a few who are above that, mm-hmm. um, and those are the people who put in a lot of extra, mm-hmm. a lot of extra work and hours. Mm-hmm. But but we you know we try hard. Yeah. We try hard to do the right thing. Again, in an industry where the margins are very very small. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you all want to share any last things about being moms in the kitchen or your favorite foods or anything you want to share before we go? Let me go to Dignity for a second. Is there anything you want to share? You know what I should ask you actually is, I know that you also have a vegan business, yes. food business that you're exploring yes. on the side. Can yes. you tell it's, us just a minute about what, what that is? It's um it's called Dignity of Dar es Salaam. Mm -hmm. um, Dar es Salaam is where I'm from, Tanzania. Um, and yeah, my food is, because, you know, in, in Tanzania, was, we were connected with, um, you know, Indian and, and, and Portugal colonized, but the Arabs and also what happened is the, their cuisine stayed with us. So uh, my food is basically a little bit of, you know, uh, the African, basically African cuisine, you know, a little bit of Indian and, and, and Arab and all that. And I just put that in mm -hmm. and one. Um, and I, I take food here like as like for tofu. I mean, growing up, we were eating soy, but it was beans, mm -hmm. you know, so, but I still, I can, you know, take that here, take that tofu and just cook it like, you know, I would cook any other meat, you know, back home. So my, yeah, the dignity of Dar es Salaam is like Tanzanian vegan. Mm -hmm. And are you yes. doing catering or? I do catering. I do vending. Like uh, if they have like a vegan fest, I do that. And um, now I'm kind of like working with having, when I have my days off to do like plates from home selling plates selling plates what do you mean from home like having like uh cook some food and sell like okay. on tuesday like a plate is like maybe 12 dollars, and you get this amount. a full meal right mm -hmm. yeah. so that's that's what i'm working that's on great right now. and yeah. how can people find you i have uh i'm on facebook mm -hmm. and i also have instagram dignity of dar es salaam great and i'll put that link up on the table underground.com so Thank people you. can find you Thank and you. how can people find you and your menu Robin uh, our menu is online uh, we are also on Facebook uh, we also have a website which is um, next door New Haven our, our menus are posted and uh, we do a lot of events in our space those events are posted yeah um, we just had um, Emily uh, Bazelon who talked about uh, she has a new book out she came uh, it's called charged uh, it's about reforms in the um, judicial Prison system, system. Mm -hmm. and um, so we have a very big space that can be used in many different ways uh, so we have lot, lots of local live music we have trivia nights we have a local comedy night which is amazing it happens once a month and it's 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 comedians from New Haven, which yeah. is awesome. That's great. So cool. Well, we'll put the link up on the table underground. That would be wonderful. So people can find you, and I'm excited because it's growing season here, and I think your menu is going to be changing. Yeah. And I love every time I've been in there, and I see the kitchen door open, and I see women I know, or now you know yeah. women I don't know, but who are in the kitchen. Who now you it, know. And who now I know. Um, just makes me really excited. So. Yeah, always feel free yeah. to come in the kitchen. Right. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Thank You're you so, so welcome. Much. Thanks for Thank having you. us. You appreciate. You're welcome. I'm going to go eat some more of this ice yeah, cream. Yeah, that yeah, that stuff's killer. <laughs> <laughs> to get more info, photos, and links about this episode, go to thetableunderground.com. You can also find past shows, articles, and recipes there. Check us out on all the social medias, and please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts to help others find us. I'm Tegan Engel, and this is The Table Underground. Thanks for listening. This is WNHH 103.5 FM, community radio in New Haven, Connecticut.